Welcome, everyone, to the fourth episode of Best of the West, where we cover the NFC West division of the NFL. My name is Kenji Ito, and I am here alongside my partner, Jake Brown. For a recap of the NFC West in Week 9, the 8-1 Cardinals won against the 3-5 San Francisco 49ers, 31-17. The Los Angeles Rams surprisingly lost to the Tennessee Titans, 28-16 during a primetime game, and the Seattle Seahawks gave their fans a stress-free break by having a bye. Let's jump into the news, first starting with the Cardinals. Um, since the Cardinals have had such an amazing season so far, Cliff, Ki- Cliff Kingsbury had, is in the race for a coach of the year. Jake, what do you think about him winning the award, and what do you think about the odds? I think the odds for him winning the Coach of the Year award are great right now, especially because the Cardinals have defied expectations, especially like last week. Uh, we'll get to this in a second, how DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green and Kyler Murray were not in this game, yet the Cardinals just dominated the entire game. So I think it just goes to show how Cliff Kingsbury's play uh, calling abilities have been so far this season. And he definitely has plenty of experience. Like even though he was he was formerly in the college level, uh, coaching Texas Tech and another school, uh, which I forgot the name of, uh, he is a very talented offensive and defensive coordinator. Yes. So and coming into this season there's a lot of people who are saying, Yeah, but Cliff Kingsbury isn't the best coach. How are the how are the Cardinals going to yeah. do with someone who might be able to hold them back more than propel them forward? Cliff, Kern, Cliff Kingsbury has defied the odds with this. He has shut mm-hmm. down all these haters, at least yeah. so far this season. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. He definitely shut the haters because his first season with the Cardinals, it wasn't so hot, right? No. Like, he, he beat the Bills. He Like, I, sh- I should say Kyler Murray beat the Bills with that last uh, Hail Mary pass. Oh, but, my gosh, what yeah. a play. Yeah, but he did not have a hot start last season, and now they're eight and one. It's it's really unbelievable to see like the major jump for these Cardinals. They basically have a playoff spot right now, basically, unless they like lose the last few games in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now let's move on to uh, Chase Edmonds. He what he uh, got hurt, uh, and uh, during the 49ers game and. Uh, James Conner had a very, very impressive start. Personally, do you think that James Conner is now the old self he was, and do you think he is the RB1? I think right now, with Chase Edmonds, of course, being out, James Conner is the RB1, and I we call him the RB1 when he comes back. Because of how successful he's been this year, he has that veteran presence, he can get you those three or four yards, especially at the goal line, and I'm not sure if he is particularly his old self like he was with the Steelers, but he's definitely a more rejuvenated self. Like, everyone was saying that, oh, he's not going to last very long with the Cardinals, we'll give him four or five weeks. It's week nine now, and he's still on the team, and he has, what, second in rushing touchdowns this year? Uh, yeah. It, it's been great if you're a Cardinals fan seeing how successful James Conner has been this year. Yeah, personally, like... I, I can't clarify on what an R like who is going to be the RB one for the Arizona Cardinals because Chase Edmonds and James Conner is like a one two punch in my opinion. Like it really is. Like you have Chase Edmonds, you got your speedy back, you got your speedy back, 
in your receiving back, while James Conner is like more like your bruiser and your power. For He's example, bulldozer. Yeah. For example, like going back to the early two thousands, a college comparison I can compare this to is Reggie Bush and uh, Lendell White. They were they're wow. almost this like they're they haven't reached their hierarchy, but they basically have the same style of running. I get you. Mm-hmm. So and like I was just so impressed by James Conner's like performance against like a mediocre 49ers defense like I think I can clarify him as the starter over Chase Edmonds yeah same here and finally we're going to talk about Christian Kirk he has shown his potential as a wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals and do you believe he's a rising star uh, absolutely. Uh, with the DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green missing the past game, I think he definitely took advantage. He he put up sixteen point ninety sixteen point nine two fantasy points, uh, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna call it that he is probably one of the most underrated receivers in the league right now, and uh, I think one one thing that he's great, one thing that makes him great is the Kyler Murray and Christian Kirk connection. Yes. Like, they have a very long connection, and that's why they're working out. If Christian Kirk was with another quarterback, it wouldn't work as well. No, and I think it's that connection that they have that's made it so great. And because Kyler Murray makes him better and Christian Kirk makes Kyler Murray better, Mm -hmm. it's just one of those partnerships that you just cannot break. It's kind of like Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, which we will go into. And, you know, it's just... Christian Kirk, I've been high on him for the past couple of years, and it's good to see him finally getting some mm-hmm. yardage. It's finally good to see him getting some targets, because yeah. he's highlighted by you know these two former All Pros or All Pros like DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green. Nobody was talking about Christian Kirk yeah. being some, wide receiver some, two or wide receiver three. Yeah, some people were actually claiming his draft day that he was going to be a complete bust. And so far, he hasn't. No, definitely not. He he's 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 a sneaky receiver. He's gonna he's gonna like burn you with some speed, but mm-hmm. he can also like have some nice clean route running that will like just amaze you. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of kind of his comparison. Kind of comparison with his age too is uh, Terry McLaurin. Okay, I I like it. Yeah, but good. Terry McLaurin is going to get more highlights because he is the number one on his team, mm-hmm. while Christian Kirk. He would be a number one on most other teams, but it maybe even Washington, but just not with the Cardinals, and that's why nobody really knows much of his name right now. Yeah, so now uh, let's move to the second best in the West with the Los Angeles Rams. There wasn't much, but we can... Oh, my God. Yeah, there wasn't much, but we can talk about one topic, and that's the highlight of the quarterback. They played a terrible performance against the Tennessee Titans, and l- toward the later of the game, we saw a Matthew Stafford, very apparent, but it's still there, ankle sprain. How do you think that will uh, like affect the rest of his season? Well, it's kind of hard to say with these high ankle sprains, especially when Matthew Stafford put on a, such an awful performance as he did last weekend, especially since he had been such having such a good start to this season, such a good halfway point to this season, and, like, shaking off those uh, 
cobwebs from the Detroit era, and mm-hmm. now he looks like he's playing on that 0-16 Detroit team where mm-hmm. he got drafted. And he it doesn't... It's really hard with these leg and these foot injuries because you never know. Like, Matthew Stafford is not a running quarterback. He's mm-hmm. not Kyler Murray. He's not RG3. He's not... Um, He's not Russell Wilson, but he is someone who does have to move his feet for his job mm-hmm. and has to plant his feet for his job so he can throw well for his job. So, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Yeah, personally, what I think about this situation is that it's it's not going to affect him at all because in the past he's dealt with, like, he, he's dealt with, like, I would say, I would say more minor injuries, mm-hmm. and he's still balled out. Like, even though it is in his, like, in, like near his foot, I, I, I personally don't think it's going to affect him at all because he, first of all, he's a absolute gunslinger and everything, and you don't, need, you don't need to move that much. Like, for example, look at Brett Favre. True. And everything. So, um, and, and like, he's a, po- he's a pocket passer. So, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it'll affect him that much. Will it affect his power? Absolutely. That's what I was kind of being worried about. Will it affect how far he can throw the ball? Yeah. Because I know he's not going to be running all over the field, mm-hmm. but he still has to throw the ball deep to Cooper Cup or Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have to mention on the fact that he has an amazing like, throw power, and it's like it's like one of the best in the game. So It is going to affect him and won't affect him that much. Yeah. So uh, now let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks. They just came off their bye, uh, but now they have to face the Green Bay Packers, which we'll get into our predictions later. But this is the time. Russell Wilson, uh, who uh, got... He's back. Yeah, he's officially back. But what I was about to say is that he's coming back from that horrible uh, finger injury. I think his middle finger? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... um, On his throwing hand. Yeah, on his throwing hand. That's why he was out for some time. But... Uh, since they do face the Green Bay Packers, and they uh, the Green Bay Packers possibly might not have Aaron Rodgers, and their performance was so terrible last week with Jordan Love, what do you feel like is like what what are the chances of Seattle winning? Uh, depending on this quarterback situation, and remember, both of these quarterbacks are four and four against each other. Yeah, it is really interesting this rivalry between. Uh, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, especially in the postseason. And I would love to see Rodgers play here against the Seahawks. But I think the Seahawks' chances of winning dramatically increase Mm -hmm. if Jordan Love's on the field rather than Aaron Rodgers because how good of a game manager Aaron Rodgers is compared to Jordan Love because he just did not look right. Because uh, they're playing in, uh, they're playing in Seattle, correct? No, they're playing in Green Bay. My bad. Yeah. So they'll they'll be playing in Green Bay. Uh, Jordan Love struggled in Arrowhead, which is the loudest stadium in football. Mm-hmm. So if it was if it was playing if they were playing in Seattle, it'd be a different story for me. But I think that either way, Jordan Love being on the field, I know we're staying obvious, is going to be a lot better for the Seahawks than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and personally, what I think is that, like, and I will get to this later, but the Seahawks are winning this depending on that quarterback situation. Russell Wilson is obviously better than Jordan Love. And you you know what? Jordan Love is going to be a great quarterback. He just needs time. Yes. He just needs time and everything. But 
um, I feel like that Jordan Love will sort of be successful because of the Seattle defense. Jor- like Jordan Jordan Brooks, Bobby Wagner, Daryl Taylor, D- DJ Reed if he's healthy, Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs. That's the o- that those are the only players that they actually have that are like okay we can lock up this offense very well while like the Green Bay Packers have like amazing talent like Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, uh, and uh, let's see they have also Alan Lazard who is a very big body receiver. So yeah, Robert Tanyan as well. Yeah, but he remember he's, he's out, out for the season, so that's right. definitely going to affect them. But the thing is, is though, is that the Packers with Jordan Love on the field last week against a very bad. Kansas City defense only managed a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, and the Seahawks, their defense has gotten a little bit better yeah, than it had. It, they're it, still it's progressing. It, they're still not as good with allowing yards, but with red zone touchdowns, with uh, mm-hmm. all with the stats that matter, which is on the score sheet, they're top ten right now. Yeah. But in yards, they're towards the fifteen. Bottom. They're towards fifteen, and which is. Not good, but, you know. So, now we'll move to uh, one of the worst, uh, the worst team in the NFC West division, the 49ers. So, Kyle Shanahan, who is the head coach, we know him as this offensive mastermind, a great head coach and everything. But now he's officially on the hot seat. Like, what do you, what do you think of this whole situation? Like, do you think he's going to be gone after this season? Or do you think he's going to stay and this degress? Like... Uh, like uh, Jim Harbaugh did? Like, what, what do you think? I think this all... People are saying, lots of reporters are saying that it all has to stem from this upcoming game here against the Rams, but I think it's been in the making ever since that Super Bowl loss. I think that Kyle Shanahan, especially after as bad as, as they were last year, I know they were so banged up last year, but... It's been the playmaking. He's becoming the Pete Carroll of the San Francisco 49ers right now where you got a great coach, just not a great team. Yeah. Yeah, personally, what I think is that I'm going to kind of base off your thoughts, but they really haven't had a great run since that Super Bowl era. Mm -hmm. Like you said, they were banged up, and that's why their season was so terrible. But it's like you have all these, like, great, like, you don't have many great players, but it's like, it's like un- underrated players other than, than George Kittle and like Nick Bosa, right? But personally, what I think happened in that Super Bowl era, just to go in the past a little bit, was that they were so effective on every like possession and like drive. Like, remember in that Super Bowl era, they had a great run defense, they had a great pass defense, they had a great running game, and their main target was George Kittle, and they just let him work. So, I think that Kyle Shanahan, ever since that run, it, they're, he's kind of being more basic, and people are, like, figuring him out. So, like, it, this season might be the last season for Kyle Shanahan as the 49ers head coach. And that is a little bit of a hot take, but that is personally what I think. Yeah, no, I'm not sure if he's going to be in San Francisco much longer. I do think he will get another, I'm not sure about head coaching job, but he'll get an OC job at least mm-hmm. after this season. Yeah, or maybe a defensive coordinator job, even though he's known as the offensive mastermind. I feel like just people kind of have, like, figured him out a little bit. Like, uh, the Cowboys a couple years ago, like, they were, like, that's in another division, but 
people were figuring them out as well because their run plays were just inside and outside and then their pass plays were like slants or curls or any of that basic, basic stuff. Yeah, but Jason Garrett now has an OC job in New York. Yeah, but look at how the Giants are now. It, they they just don't have a good constructed team. No, I don't think so. <laughs> it doesn't stem from their OC. Yeah. So uh, a little bit more 49ers news. Uh, the right tackle, Mike McGlinchley, I think that's how you pronounce it, is out for the year with a torn quad. What do you like think about this whole situation? How is it going to affect the running game, their passing game, because he's a versatile blocker? Like, What do you think about this whole situation? Well, the 49ers are down to whatever running back they have at their disposal. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hard not having that right tackle in there, especially with how good Mike McGlinchkey is. And mm-hmm. it's now they're going to have to throw whatever practice squad guy they have behind him. And hopefully he's good for their running back's sake, for Jimmy Garoppolo's sake. It, mm-hmm. Now it's just... It's just getting worse and worse for the Niners as the season goes on. Yeah. Personally, what I think is that this is going to, like, affect them and impact them, like, dramatically. Because he really secured... Dramatically? What? <laughs> Wrong word. But you know what I mean. But I, I think it's going to affect them so much is because he really secures that right side. Yeah. There's so many dominant outside linebackers, interior linemen, and they're... They, the 49ers don't have a good right guard. They have Alex Mack at their center. They have Lakin Tomlinson. They have Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey. No one knows who that right guard is. So there's going to be so much more pressure from the right side, and it's going to affect Elijah Mitchell, Trey mm-hmm. Sermon, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, and especially when you're trying to get Mitchell, who is finally getting going as – you know, we were talking a couple weeks ago about how Elijah Mitchell is securing that RB1 spot. Mm-hmm. And now it, now that you don't have your right tackle in there, it's going to be hard to go on the right side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So now let's move on to the section where we predict of the uh, Week 10 games. It's already crazy that it's Week 10. So let's first start with the Arizona Cardinals. They play the Carolina Panthers, and it's in Arizona. Jake, what is your prediction and like why do you think it's like why do you think it is that way? Well, I think it all depends on if Kyler Murray starts or Colt McCoy starts, but I still have the Cardinals winning this. Uh 24-10 is my final score prediction, so that's what's going on. Yeah, personally, I think this is going to be a complete blowout. Uh this is going to be a 31 to 3 score. Yikes. Be- yeah, it's a complete blowout. No matter if Kyler Murray plays Colt McCoy was so, like, even though he's not Kyler Murray, he was so comfortable in that system. I think he's going to ball out if he does play. Uh, but here's another thing, is that the Panthers did start 3-0. Mm-hmm. But they lost how many games in a row? I think it's now they're, five. They're four. They're one in four cents. One in four cents. And personally, this is what I think, is that Darnold... Sam Darnold has been playing awful, and I really had high hopes for him because he had better talent around him. And he's trying to be the hero of the Panthers. You don't need to be the hero of the Panthers. You have Christian McCaffrey, Chuba Hubbard, a good offensive line with uh, Taylor 
Mountain, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall, and Ian Thomas as your whole offense. You have so much talent around yourself that you don't need to be making crossbody uh, cross oh throws. Like the, that, that pick against, uh, who was it, Jacksonville? Uh, it was against uh, the Patriots, and it was Patriots, and it was uh, to J.C. Jackson, and he returned it for 88 yards. Jeez. He made the most crazy sidearm throw, crossbody, which he didn't need to. Mm-hmm. All he needed to do was stand in the pocket and sling it to one of his star receivers. Yeah. Possibly well, he was throwing it to uh, Anderson. Yeah. And he was throwing it like he was Patrick Mahomes playing shortstop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's unbelievable. So like that that is personally what I think and that's why I think that it's such gonna, it's going to be such a dominating score for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So now let's move on to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh they play uh San Francisco 49ers which are also in this division. They are in San Francisco and Jake, what are your thoughts and like what are your thoughts on this performance? You and I have similar predictions. Uh I have 28-13. I think it all, I think, I do not, I'm not a believer in Kyle Shanahan anymore right now, mm-hmm. and the Rams are just such a better team than the Niners right now. I've got to go with the uh, Rams for this one. Yeah. Personally, like you said, like, just two seconds ago, uh, our uh, predictions are very, very similar. I'm calling 27-14, and personally, like, there's only two factors that come into play. It's the Matthew Stafford situation if he's clear to go and if he's going to be healthy. And it's the Kyle Shanahan performance. If he does not perform well, then that that's going to be the... If he does perform well, that's going to be the score. If he doesn't perform well, it's going to be a complete blowout. Like it, like, wow. like it did happen this past week against the Arizona Cardinals. So if Kyle Shanahan does good playmaking, they're only going to score two touchdowns. No, like... So here's the thing: is I feel like that the initial score is going to be twenty-seven to fourteen, mm-hmm. if Matthew Stafford doesn't play, and Kyle Shanahan has a decent performance. But if Kyle Shanahan has a bad performance, I think it's okay. Like that mar- I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, that margin is going to like increase much and much more. So now let's go to the final NFC West team. They play the Green Bay Packers, like we mentioned earlier. And it is in Green Bay. Jake, what are your predictions for this? Well, this is if uh, Aaron Rodgers plays. Uh, this is so I have the Packers winning this thirty-one to twenty-eight. You can revoke my Seahawks fan card if you want, but I'm just not a believer in this defense. I'm a believer in this offense, however, and the Packers' offense is very, very, very good, while their defense is. Not as good. So it's going to be a high-scoring game. I still got the Packers up by a field goal. Okay. I, I do like I do like that take, and I can see that happening. But personally, I think the exact opposite. I, like, and, like, you know, there might be some bias a little bit, but I'm calling 35 to the 13 Seattle. Uh, the pa- And here's my reasons why. Aaron Rodgers possibly not playing because Jordan Love is going to uh, – Jordan Love will be starting. And his performance, like, even though it'll take him time, like I said before, like, he's just not ready right mm-hmm. now. The Packers' defense, I feel like, is just as worse as Seattle's defense. They they don't have Jair Alexander, their lockdown corner. Uh, that's going to make a huge, huge impact. Uh, like we said before, 
Russell Wilson is officially, officially back. Um, and he he kind of had a he he pretty much had like had a rough start before that uh, finger injury. Yeah. And uh, also DK Metcalf. Uh, he, he was going off last. Yeah. Well, not last weekend, but the weekend before. But the weekend before, but he I think he finally found his groove because like all DK Metcalf was doing in the first couple weeks was like crying like he wasn't crying but like he was being a little like little too emotional like Odell Beckham Mm -hmm. everything and like it wasn't the same DK Metcalf that we know of but now that he's like he's racked up some yards he's racked up some touchdowns he's finally like getting his groove again I think he'll ball out and then of course they have Tyler Lockett Freddie Swain those dudes will ball out Um, I think everyone will have an amazing performance except a couple guys on the defensive side now, we also have to take into account if Odell Beckham Jr. is going to play for either the Packers or the Seahawks in the coming days. Yeah. Personally, what I think is that if he does sign with either team, he's not going to be playing this he week. He won't be playing this game. Yeah. It's not going to be an Adrian Peterson situation where he's already playing for the Titans. Yeah, exactly. here's the thing that some people don't know is that playbooks are thousands and thousands of pages long. And people got... Uh, and players have to memorize that from memory, and like it's like they have to memorize it top to bottom. So if he does sign with either team, it's gonna take him. It's gonna take him like one or two weeks to finally actually see some playing time. True, he will. Although be in practice though. Yeah, he'll definitely be in practice because like practice is kind of the like just runs run your routes, run scrimmages. It, it's not like a full game. It's like usually. Just like kind of like jogging and everything, it's it's like practice is for real, but it's not not as real as game day. Do you have a prediction where OBJ will go? Uh while he's still unsigned at the moment of recording this. Personally, I I I think the Packers because uh, according to all the social media, he has a more favoritism toward the Packers, and personally, I think he would work better in the Packers too, is because. I feel like even though there's Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Lazard, Scantling, they need another like they need another four or five star receiver. Because Lazard, Cobb, and Scantling are three, two, and one. Mm-hmm. Scantling, in my opinion, is like two. Uh Cobb is one because he's getting up there in age. And Lazard and uh Lazard is three. Okay. So, so yeah, and obviously Devontae is five. Everything five star, and Odell is he can range either between four and five because he makes it depends on the day. It depends on the day. Yeah. For him, uh, for me, I, you know, I think since you picked the Packers, I'm going to try and pick another team. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are saying the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I I don't think he's going to fit well in the Seahawks system. I know Russell Wilson wants him there, but i i don't like him in that system you already got tyler lockett and you got dk metcalf and freddie yeah. swain is such an underrated wide receiver yeah. it would definitely be a nice acquisition it would be a nice acquisition but i it's not needed yeah i think he would be fantastic in baltimore mm-hmm. okay yeah because they also need another receiver because all they have is a tight hollywood and hollywood brown that's, mm-hmm. that's about they it. got mark andrews and hollywood brown and they need a they need that four-star, five-star wide receiver. Yeah. You can get that with Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Even though Lamar Jackson doesn't throw a lot, though. Yeah. 
him. And just to like put in a little joke, it's like we've seen the pictures of him all edited in all the uniforms, yeah. and uh, personally, he does not look well in his Raven uniform. You kind of said it, you said it earlier before. I did before our recording, and uh, yeah, it, it he does he just doesn't look right. Like if he could. Well, Le'Veon Bell doesn't look right in a Ravens jersey. Well, here's the thing. He's wearing number four, uh, 14 or 17, one of the two. So it's... it's it's Makes full. him look like he's a wide receiver when he's really a running back. Yeah. Devonta Freeman does not look good either. Oh, his, yeah. Doesn't he wear, like, number 33 or something? I have no idea. It, it, they, these veterans, when they go to just random teams, for yeah. me, it's just like, yeah. I know you as a stealer, Le'Veon. I don't know yeah. you as a... It's weird to yeah. see you on the Ravens. But, <laughs> like, here, before we go to the outro real quick, one statement I would like to make is that, like, some of these players that are getting up in age, it's kind of like they're ring chasing. It's like no matter mm-hmm. where, where they go, they're like, I want to end my career with a ring, and that's all I want. Yeah. So, like, maybe that's why some people are going to Tampa, some people are going to Baltimore because they have high chances, some people are going to the Rams because they have high chances as well. Exactly. And Odell Beckham Jr., he's looking at teams that could possibly make the playoffs, like the Mm -hmm. Green Bay Packers, the Seattle Seahawks, the Baltimore Ravens, the Mm -hmm. New Orleans Saints. Like, those are the four teams that are projected to possibly get him. And we saw uh, Broncos linebacker Vaughn Miller get traded to the Rams because he wants to get a ring again before he retires. And... You know, I would too. I, yeah. I I was saying that Odell Beckham Jr. would be great for the Jaguars. I think that would be the perfect fit for him. Yeah. But he's not going to go there because the Jacksonville Jaguars are really bad. Yeah. Other than Josh Allen. Other than Josh Allen. Who sacked Josh Allen, intercepted him, forced a fumble against him. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, all the stuff that was all over my Twitter timeline for at least 15 hours or so. Yeah. All right, so that is it. You've heard the latest news, our opinions, and our predictions. So thank you to everyone who has listened to our podcast, The Best of the West. See you next week.